Welcome back to another week of Travel Daily's news on the fly. This week, as the corona crisis rolls on, we've had Flight Centre announcing its plans to transform post-COVID-19, more cruise pauses, and a provocative discussion paper released by the Council of Australian Tour Operators. I'm Bruce Piper. And I'm Anna Piper. And this is Travel Daily News on the Fly. As expected, Flight Centre has reported a big loss for the year, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago when they flagged the heavy impact of COVID-19, but they've also announced some plans for the future. What did they say, Bruce? Yep, as they indicated, the overall loss for the year to 30th of June was a massive $845 million. And of course, look, there's intangibles in there, write-downs, and the one-off impact of redundancies and restructuring. But still, the underlying loss, which um, you know the board and management used to evaluate the performance of the business, was still a mind-boggling $510 million, so more than half a billion dollars. And Graham Turner, the MD, said that had all been incurred in the last three months of the financial year. Prior to that, the company was trading quite profitably. And look, as they flagged a couple of weeks ago, Corporate was still relatively okay, producing an underlying profit, I think, of about $74 million, but that was just massively overwhelmed by the tsunami of cancellations, refunds, and of course, basically no leisure bookings at all due to ongoing government-imposed restrictions. And so how are they planning to move forward from this? At the moment, it definitely seems to be a matter of hunkering down, cutting costs, and doing everything they can to ride this thing out until the borders start to reopen. Flotsend is not completely downcast, though, and there's lots of transformation going on, which has brought its own level of pain, of course, uh, including major restructuring on the product side of the business, which is going to see the Infinity Holidays brand completely disappear. Very sad. And also the hibernation of travel money, Oz. But what was also really interesting in this week's announcement was that they said they're accelerating the transformation of the business. Screw talked about speed one of the transformation, which was going to focus on the main flight centre brand over the next few years. But now they're putting the pedal to the metal with speed two uh, to include new opportunities and growth models, most intriguingly, including a big focus on home-based agents, which they described as independent travel entrepreneurs. But don't they already have a home-based agent business in the form of travel partners? Yeah, they do. They bought that a few years ago from Jeff Hakim, and clearly there are big plans. It's not clear exactly what they're up to, but there's uh, definitely going to be heavy investment in that area. Turner said they're going to develop, I think he called it a leading commercial product and technical offering tailored for these home-based operators but also with the aim of delivering B2B growth. So presumably that means whatever they're developing is also going to be available on the product side to the wider industry. Um, Screw also talked about boosting the online sales of the business, which currently only comprise about 5% of TTV, pre-COVID TTV, only about a billion dollars, and also a strong focus on the premium and luxury leisure operations, which include travel associates across Australia. They've also got similar positioning in a Canadian travel brand called LDV. And from the latest announcements, it doesn't appear we're going to be cruising anytime soon. What's happening on the high seas? Well, not much, unfortunately. Despite concerted efforts to sort out protocols around the world which would allow the return of cruising, it's clearly definitely a slow process and it's just not practical for operations to restart in earnest while borders are closed, particularly while governments in Australia and New Zealand are so intent on keeping their citizens locked away. So in the last day or so, we've seen heaps of 
announcements about the postponement of local deployments. Uh, Carnival Corporation was the first to move. Actually, Cunard in the UK effectively has delayed any restart of operations until the northern spring of 2021, so you know March next year. And that includes the previously planned local deployment of Queen Elizabeth, which had been set to cruise locally over the upcoming Australian and New Zealand summer. Then we had Princess, which has suspended its Australian departures till mid-December. And that sadly also includes a really interesting itinerary sailing out of Sydney to South America aboard Pacific Princess. P&O Australia now says it's not planning to resume until early December. And the same goes for the local deployments of Carnival Spirit and Carnival Legend under the Carnival Cruise Line brand. Then uh, Royal Caribbean and its sister brand Celebrity also announced they were cancelling all of their local cruises through until the 30th of Oct- 31st of October. Um, so they're perhaps a little more hopeful of a restart sometime sooner, or perhaps they just um, want to st- stagger out the refunds and rebookings that they've got to manage. Look, it's just so difficult for these cruise companies. I think the government probably expects they can just change things and with a snap of a finger, we'll be back to normal. But of course, these deployments are highly complex and the ships are currently all over the world after being kicked out of Australian waters. And that's also tricky because the government regulation that forced the ships to leave is still in place until the 17th of September, less than three weeks away, and there's no indication whatsoever about what Health Minister Greg Hunt is going to do about that biosecurity declaration. The 2020 Travel Daily Awards are open for nominations right now. It's a different type of awards program for these very different times, aiming to highlight individual travel agents and suppliers who have gone above and beyond to help out others through the pandemic. Nominations are open until next Monday, 31st of August. And then voting in the supplier categories opens at the end of next week. We've already received more than 5,000 individual category nominations, so be part of it by completing the form at awards.traveldaily.com.au. other news, the Council of Australian Tour Operators released an industry discussion paper this week, which proposes some pretty radical reforms. What's that all about? I was fortunate enough to interview Cato Chairman Dennis Bunnick about this, and yes, it's pretty controversial, but definitely something worth putting on the table. Look, he made pains to stress that it's only a discussion paper, only for, you know, sort of industry discussion, and Cato's more than happy for it to be ripped to shreds, but they wanted to put something up that perhaps envisions a different future for the Australian travel industry. So what are they proposing? Well, it's a twofold approach, and you know, part of it's based on the experience of Cato members who've had to manage all of these refunds and cancellations through COVID. But basically, they're suggesting a major evolution for ATAS, the AFTA Travel Accreditation Scheme, to become a broader Australian travel accreditation scheme, so a renaming. And rather than it being just AFTA, it's also administered jointly with Cato, um, which has 120 members, and also CLIA on the cruise line side, so sort of to capture the whole uh, outbound travel ecosystem. Dennis reckons this would mean the scheme is much more relevant across what is going to be a completely transformed industry, many less bricks and mortar travel agents, lots of, uh, you know, flood centre and Hello World stores closing, and but would also allow each part of the industry to set its own accreditation standards but all under a single umbrella. 
the plan envisions after receiving a fee for administering the program, which they already do for ATAS. But the other major part of it would be the introduction of a universal supplier insolvency protection program funded by a small levy on every consumer travel payment to an ATAS accredited entity. Um, the user pays program would be mandatory for international and optional for domestic bookings. The aim would be to provide reassurance to consumers that if anyone books through an ATAS supplier or agent, then the booking is protected against the insolvency of any entity in the chain. So, so the in supplier, the agent, wholesaler, tour operator, etc. The proposal would require seed funding from the government, um, perhaps from all that travel compensation fund money that was that the states held on to when the TCF was wound up. Anyway, uh, the full paper is online at the Cato website. It's definitely very early days. It's only a draft. Reform like this is a pretty tough knell, but you've got to give them credit for some thinking outside the box in these wild times. Wow, sounds very interesting. I look forward to hearing more. That interview was hosted by the Travel Industry Hub and followed up on last week's Darren Rudd interview, which is actually now part of a special bonus episode of News on the Fly. Uh, Over the coming few weeks, Travel Daily and the Travel Industry Hub will be running a series of interviews with industry leaders, and we at News on the Fly will be producing a bonus episode for each as sort of a highlight reel from each interview. So here, Darren Rudd share what AFTRA has been up to and address some hot topics uh, in the latest bonus episode, which is out now. And make sure you keep your eyes peeled for next week's bonus episode with Dennis Bunnick to hear more about this new Cato discussion paper. Uh, Moving on, Bruce, were there any other big stories this week? Yes, so many. Um, Look, we haven't even touched on the sad demise of STA Travel, whose parent company in Switzerland announced it was being placed into administration. You know, in Australia, of course, that has meant more headlines, more current affair pieces, and uh, lots of job losses. Uh, We also saw Qantas announce the departure of its head of international, Tino Laspina, just when we're all all getting to know him. But of course, he's got uh, nothing to be the head of at the moment with the full fleet grounded. And so his responsibilities have been handed over to Qantas international head, Andrew David. And this week, we also had the full report, the hotly anticipated report from the Virgin Australia administrators, which revealed the long-awaited information that creditors are only going to get about 10 cents in the dollar. Anyway, look, we'll do our best to keep bringing you all the big industry news in the coming week too. Once again, thank you all for listening. Stay up to date with the daily newsletters from Travel Daily and Cruise Weekly to stay informed. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out the latest bonus episodes. We will be back next week with more news on the fly.